0: Inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him, and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. You know we quoted that every Sunday for fifty-two Sundays, and uh, just this week I—I I mean I've read this. I don't know how many, I've learned it and memorized it. And just this week, I'm probably a little shameful to say, that scripture or that phrase, uncontainable joy, just jumped out at me. Uncontainable joy, it says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. I don't know what that is, but I know that that's what we need. And I believe that's what we have on the inside of us, because we have the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5:22 and23. It says that we, the fruit of the spirit is in us. Patience is in you. Some of you probably thought it was not during this Christmas time. Uh, but love and joy and patience, all of the kindness, all of those are inside of the believers. They're in there. But uh, I know when we look to God, even the worst of circumstances that could trip us up, God can connect us to his joy and peace. The worst of times. The worst of times. I got this quote from Greg uh, B for us, no matter what is occurring. Did you hear that? God says that I really believe that joy that is inside of it, joy comes from knowing who God will be for us no matter what is occurring. I know this. Tragedy and bad things happen to all of us. Every single person, nobody. I know a lot of times people, you know, they give their life to Jesus and think everything is going to be perfect from there on out. And uh, tragedy still happens. Things maybe you're praying, believing for, and they don't turn out the way that you thought they should. That's happened to all of us. But this is the answer that I want to give to you today, that God has helped me throughout my life, and that is this. You know, when something happens like this, there is a decision. There's a fork in the road. You can make one or two decisions or go one or two ways. Are you listening? You can go one or two ways. You can continue going down the road. Why, God? I don't understand. Why did you allow this to happen? Why, why, why? And more than likely, you will not come up with a conclusion. Religion has come up with a conclusion. Now, that conclusion is, well, God caused that to happen. That is the worst conclusion. And so what do you do? Well, you hate God. And I don't blame people. We come up with phrases like, God took my per, uh, my spouse, God took my child, and, and God caused me to lose my job, and God caused the house to burn down, and God caused me to have a car accident. Well, holy cow. I guess the devil's in the unemployment line then because he doesn't have to do anything if God's doing all of that. You can go down that road, and what will happen is this. I'm going to prophesy to you. If you go down that road, your heart will become hard, and you'll become dull of hearing any good news that's going to be preached to you. Are you hearing? Or you can choose the other way. The Lord says this, Mike. He says, you can do this, and this is what I'm beckoning my family to do is to crawl up into my lap. You know, you can just picture the big throne of God. You know, I got imagination. I just picture this big throne with lion heads on the, on the, the uh, armrest, you know, lion head. Not real ones, you know. Uh, I guess they could be real. And, you know, he's petting them up there. But anyway, I picture these big lion heads and, uh, uh, and just this humongous big, big chair, throne, seat. And I picture myself crawling in the lap of God, my father, and him being a father to me like we are to our little children when, you know, when they fall and hurt themselves or whatever. And just hold me, not to give me answers, but to comfort me, to hold me, and cause things to be all right. You can either choose that or you can go down the road that why, why, why. I've noticed this. When I do that, it brings peace to me. It brings even joy to me because I know that from knowing who God will be for us, no matter what is occurring, listen to me. You need to make that decision now before you come to the fork in the road. Are you hearing me? You need to make the decision now because I'm telling you there's been plenty of people that I know. And I do mean plenty, from relatives to close friends to family to when something like that happens, they get hard about God and they don't want anything to do with church, don't want anything to do with God from there on out. And I'm telling you, that is a wrong decision and a wrong road to go down. Life will not be sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, but you'll become bitter, you'll become more angry, you just become not such a nice person to be around. And that's not, that's not what believers should be doing. But joy is who God is. And let me just say this. Rejoicing is our response. Rejoicing is our response. And guess what? When you know that joy is who God is and you know that you are responding by rejoicing, then strength is the outcome. Nehemiah 8.10, it's a real popular scripture. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But we really haven't embraced that like we should. And I said we, and I believe it's the whole world. We haven't embraced that the joy of the Lord is our strength because if you go down the other road, strength is never going to rise up within you. But bitterness and things that nothing's going right, and I just don't like what's going on. But if we choose the other one, there's going to be strength that is available to you and me. And it comes from rejoicing. And it come, you rejoice because you know who God is. And so it's just like a, a, a beautiful circle. God is full of joy, and you and I are full of joy. And if you want the joy inside of you to manifest, then there is a way that you can stroke the joy that's inside of you, and that is by rejoicing. You think, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, then that... Proves to you and to me that we both probably been there is that we don't know what God's going to do for us. We haven't crawled up into his lap. We don't understand what he will be no matter what we're going through. Philippians 4:4 says this: Rejoice in the Lord always. In case you didn't get it, again I say rejoice. You know, in the Greek and Hebrew, anytime something is repeated, It's kind of like the old thing hammering it in. Listen to me. You really need to get this. That's what he's saying. Listen to me. You really, really need to get a hold of this. He says, rejoice. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, I mean, if it would have said rejoice when everything is going well, we could have done that. But he didn't say that. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. You can do a Greek study on that word. You can do a Swahili study. You can do any kind of study you want. And always means always. It just means always. Why did he? He said, "This." I know that it doesn't make sense, and so I'm going to say it again. Because to your brain and to my brain, it, it, it doesn't make sense to rejoice always. But there's a reason why God wants you and I. It's not just because he's hardcore. I've come to know my father that any time he tells me to do something, it's not because he's legalistic. It's because he wants what's best for me. You know, it's just like, you know, when you're a kid, I hated green beans growing up. I fed them to my dog until I got busted. I would put them in my napkin until I got busted. My sister, bless her heart, the Lord had her really be the Holy Ghost police to me. She spanked me more than my mom. She disciplined me more than my mom. I feared her more than my mom, and, and uh, I actually probably respected her more than my mom. And, and to this day, we are really, really close, and uh, even though she spanked me so much, but um, she would make me eat my green beans. She, I couldn't pull it over her. I could sneak it past my mom, but not, not her. She caught me every time. But why did she didn't? And then later in life and I did today, I love green beans, and I have her to thank. I have her to thank for that. I may not thank her as much as I should, probably like never. But anyway, uh, it, it was because she knew what was good for me. She knew that, Mike, you can't just eat fried potatoes, which my mom made, and I, to this day, I love fried potatoes. And that's why Melody doesn't make them very often either. But anyway, our parents know what's good for us as far as trying to feed us good nutritional food and everything. It's the same way with your Heavenly Father. He, wa- he says, this is what I want you to do. Mike, I want you to rejoice because when you rejoice, it makes a connection on the inside of you for joy to spring out. And when that joy springs out, it's going to make you stronger, Mike. It's going to make you stronger. And you'll be able to face any circumstance that you're going through. Without bitterness and without, you know, shaking your fist. You'll face it with saying, I know one thing. When the dust settles, I'm going to have victory in my life. I'm going to have victory. Rejoicing increases who God is and it to us. Let me say it again. Rejoicing increases who God is in us, and it's, it downsizes the negativity and the difficult thing that you're in. It causes strength to rise up in the negative thing that you're facing, or the tragedy thing, it causes it to be downsized. Rejoicing connects us to his joy, and it causes the joy that is in us to manifest. So rejoicing that God is with me. How do you rejoice? So I'm going to tell you. You rejoice that God is with us, that God is for you, that he's in you, he's on your side, and he's going to help me no matter what. I think that's enough to rejoice right there, but the list goes on and on and on. I rejoice because I I know God is with me. I know God is for me. Even if I'm the cause of the difficult thing that I'm in, he's still for me. You know, people will abandon the ship when they know that you're at fault, when you've done something wrong. But the great thing about the Heavenly Father is he will never leave you nor forsake you. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says this, Be anxious for nothing, nothing, be, don't worry about anything, one translation says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. The peace of God guards your heart. In the old covenant, they, you had to be the guardian of your heart. And when you put God first, peace would come on you. But now in the new covenant, God says, I'm going to give you something to guard your heart because I know you don't have the ability to do it. And he says it's peace. The peace of God surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You know what happens if you go down the road that I don't understand and I'm mad and I'm upset, this should have never happened then you're going to neglect the peace to guard your heart. And all of a sudden, there's no guardian over your heart. And so, therefore, it's easy to get bitter. It's easy to be mad at God. But God wants you to know, if you choose this, I was watching, I've said this illustration probably a hundred times in this church, but I just saw this, uh, uh, the Raiders, no, um, not the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the other one, the cup. Um, The Holy Grail. Thank you very much. And this is why some people come to our church. (laughs) He needs help. Anyway. So I was watching the Holy Grail. You know. And and they found the Holy Grail. You know. That's the cup that Jesus uh, drank from. You know. And so they found it. And uh, so the bad guy. Of course. He gets it. And and, uh, he he was looking for it. So he beats um, uh, Harrison Ford. What was his name? Indiana Jones. And... uh, This is a dialogue. This is not preaching one on to the congregation. But anyway, Indiana Jones was there, but the bad guy comes in behind him. And so he's going to choose a cup. There's all kinds of cups, beautiful cups, all kinds of cups to choose from. And so the bad guy chooses the most beautiful, gorgeous jewels all over it. And he chooses that cup. Have you seen this movie? You're looking at me like. Maybe I'm not telling it right, but this is the way I saw it. And since I'm the speaker, this is the way you're going to hear it. But anyway, I, so he chooses this cup, and so he dips it into this water. And, of course, there's a 700-year-old uh, guardian guy there, and he's have like, eternal life because he's been drinking from this. So he, the bad guy drinks it, and he just sits there, and all of a sudden it, it turns into, like, R, PG-13. And the guy just turns old, and, and his we have children in here but it gets ugly and he dies and so this 700-year-old guardian of guy looks up and goes he chose poorly <laughs> <laughs> greatest line in a whole movie man i mean the greatest line in a whole movie you think you think he chose poorly but i think sometimes that's us as humans it's such an obvious choice and sometimes we choose poorly There's a why in the road, there's a fork in the road, and God says this. He even says it in Deuteronomy. He says life and death are before you, blessing and cursing, peace and joy or bitterness. These are all before us, and he sits there and he goes in Deuteronomy, choose life. He tells us what to choose. Why does he do that? Because we're going to be tempted to choose the other one, believe it or not. We are, because we're humans. And you know, as humans, he says, you could choose wrong. You could be just like that. He chose poorly. And if you choose poorly, things don't turn out the way that you would want them to. You get to a destination. Sometimes I've chosen poorly. And I get to the end of the road, and I think, this is not where I want to be. This is not what I thought life should be like. And you know why? It's because of choices I made way back when. It's not because even the devil, you know, the devil gets a lot of credit. He's been powerless. You give the devil credit, I mean power. He cannot have power over your life. A lot of times we just give him that power. But Anyway, a lot of it where we're at is because of choices we made yesterday. It is so true. It's it's a prideful thing to think, no, just people have done me wrong. People have done this, people that. They probably have. But that's not why you're where you're at today. We are all where we're at today because of choices we made yesterday. And I'm telling you, we have to got to get it in our foundation that we're not going to go down that road. We are not. And so he sits there and he says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4 7, the peace of God which surpasses your understanding. It doesn't make sense. When something's very wrong and going wrong in your life, and yet you have peace. That's peace that passes your natural understanding. It surpasses all understanding. This will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things sometimes we just think negative and then it's just like a spy it's just like when you you get on one of those uh, uh, slides you go walk to the top and, and and it just go once you get down there's no getting off well you can get off but I mean it's a long ways down if you do that but I mean you just keep going down and going down and that's sometimes, I've done that. Have you done that? You just keep thinking one negative thought after another. They just keep getting more negative, ignoring negative. And thankfully, if you've got somebody in your life, it just comes up to Stop it! You know, that's always good and helpful. But if you don't have that, this is what God says. He says, if you're my child, and if you're listening to me, I can help you. I can help you. Because we all need help. We all need help. I don't care how spiritual you are. You're always going to need help. This is a great thing about coming to church. This is a great thing about having a church family. Because if somebody knows you're going through it, they, man, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be standing with you. Man, that is great comfort. That is great comfort. So when we enter into joy, it takes us above our circumstances no matter how bad they might be. When you enter into that joy, it takes you above your circumstance. John sixteen thirty three. this is one of my favorite scriptures. I don't have a favorite scripture, but I have some that really have spoken to my life for sure. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Jesus warns us right here. If you're in this planet, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have distress, and you're going to have frustration. And for some of you, that's before you even get out of bed. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. Why? How can we be cheerful? I mean, he just said you're going to have distress, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to be frustrated. How can we be of good cheer? This is why. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. We haven't gotten a hold of that. Revelation, But I believe the Bible. And the Bible says this. There is nothing that you will ever face and there is nothing that will ever happen to you that you do not have the ability to overcome it. Not only not overcome it, but you have the ability for it not to even hurt you. Not even harm you. I believe it's possible you know the guy it is well with my soul if i i probably butchered this up because i didn't read it i haven't read it in a long time but the guy he was uh on a ship and he lost all of his family i believe And i correct me if i'm wrong he lost all of his family and these words just welled up within him And he says it is well with my soul i believe for it to be well no matter what, even if you lost your whole family, even if you lost all of your family, everything was devastated. I believe, up out of the ashes, you can be rise up and know that God is still for you and He's going to help you, no matter what. You think, dear Lord, I don't want that to happen. I don't either, and I don't trust me. I'm not having faith for that. But at the same time, there is that power which is inside of you and me. You, there's no power on this planet like that. And yet that power is in us. The power is in us, you know. And he sits there and he says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you. But things are harmless. Things are harmless. But that's why it says in Romans 14, I didn't give this scripture, but it says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and he mentions joy. Why did he mention joy? Because he knows that this is what the kingdom of God is all about. You're going to need strength to go through life. You're going to need strength to go through life. So you have to know that you're righteous. You have to know that the peace of God is in you. And you have to know that joy is in you. Why? Because you're going to need strength to get through. We all face difficulties and you need strength that I'm not quitting. There's just something inside the believer like David. When he faced the giant, you're coming against me with a sword and a spear and all of your armor. I'm not a fighter. I'm I'm not a a professional soldier. I'm just a little lad. I'm just a teenage boy. I'm even skinny and scrawny at that. But I'm not coming to you in my own strength. You're going to fight with your own ability. I don't have the ability to beat you. But I do know somebody who lives on the inside of me that not only has the ability to take you down, but has the ability to cut your head off and make you non-effective to me. That's what we have inside of us. The spirit of David was grabbing hold of something in the new covenant, and he realized that. And he got a hold of it. He didn't fight Goliath in his own strength. He would have lost Spirit of God, when he slung that stone, the hand of God got a hold of that and drove it right into the forehead of that giant. And everybody knew this. There is a God in Israel because they knew a little boy could not defeat that giant. 2021, that's going to happen. The people are going to know that God is alive and well going to know that in Pueblo, Colorado. They're going to know that in the Congo. They're going to know that in China. They're going to know that even in Antarctica and South America and Russia and every known country. They're going to know that God is alive and well. He's not dead. I'm going to close just with these scriptures. I had a whole page. I won't read them all. Just to encourage you to know that joy is on the inside of you. Isaiah 61.1 says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen. God wants you to be healed. He didn't come. You know, if he would have came just to deliver us from our sin, that would have been worth it. Can I get an amen on that? But did you know he didn't come just for that? I said he didn't come just for that. He came before the whole person. The whole spirit, soul, and body. And he knew that we were going to face hurts. He knew that we were going to get brokenhearted. And he specifically says, I've come for this purpose to heal the brokenhearted. Wow. To proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison doors who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which means the favor of God, by the way. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. He says, I'm coming to comfort all who mourn. If you're sad, if you're mourning, if you're depressed, he says, I'm here for you to help you. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. I, I meditated on this years ago. And the Lord just gave me a revelation, you know, back, th- back then. And he, he, I said, Lord, how can something, how can you give beauty for ashes? Because, you know, when something's a pile of ashes, there's no hope for that. It's burnt up. It's not like, give me some glue. Let's put it back together. Give me a couple of nails. We'll put the, No, it's, it's done. But to God, he says, no, it's not. To you, it is. But I can take those ashes, and I can still come up out of the ashes, and I'll cause it to be beautiful. I said, how can you do that? I'm God. You can't, I can't. But he says, I'm God. I'll give you beauty for ashes. And then he goes on, the oil of joy. For mourning. All through these three scriptures, it's about people who are heartbroken. It's about people who are sad. People who are depressed and hurting. People who've lost things or people. And he says all throughout this. And then he goes on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Wow. We all face that. We just get heavy. I mean, there's people that you've lost, and, and when it comes to their birthday or to something special about it, or you come up to, oh, so-and-so really liked this, it just, you just get a heaviness on you. And God says, if you come to me, I'll give you the garment of praise instead of just being in that pit. He says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You may be glorified. Jeremiah 30, thirty-one thirteen. The Young women will dance for joy, and the men, the old and the young, will join in celebration. I will turn their mourning into joy. This is what God wants to do, people. I'll turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and exchange their sorrow for rejoicing. I think that's a pretty good trait. The priests will enjoy abundance, and my people will feast on my good gifts. I, the Lord, have spoken. I believe that that people are going to feast on the good gifts, on the goodness of God. I believe it. I don't care if, you know, I have friends who feel sorry for me because I'm in Pueblo, Colorado. I've heard it through the grapevine. Somebody told me, you know, he says, man, so-and-so, they, they kind of feel for you just because. They said, if you were in Springs or Denver, Mike, you'd probably have a church of a 1,000 people, but you know, it's Pueblo, it's just, it's Pueblo. You know, and we feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for me <laughs> because this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where God has called me to be. And I know because of that, God loves Pueblo just as much as He loves Colorado Springs. Just as He loves Denver, He loves Pueblo, Colorado. This is His city. Psalms thirty-four, eighteen. If your heart is broken... You'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. John 15:11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. We can't forget what he said because he said, "My words, I've spoken this so you won't forget that my joy will remain where? In you." Where? In you. He says, if you remember what I've said, you're going to remember that my joy is going to be in you, no matter what you're going through. John sixteen 24. I'm going over five minutes. I'm sorry. Not really. John sixteen twenty four. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name, but now you can ask and keep on asking him, and you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. Your joy will have no limits. And then Proverbs 17, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So naturally, what does the devil try to do in 2020? Just zap everybody's joy. Why? Because he knows if he can do that, eventually it's going to affect your natural body, your health. It will. And the great thing about the Word of God and about God's joy, there's no side effects to his medicine. Don't you hate it when you, I've, I don't watch, we usually tape stuff so we don't have to watch commercials. But if you ever do watch those commercials, you know, they advertise some kind of drug and then they just put it on fast speed. I can't even understand it. I'm listening real close. And one time I heard, it can cause death. You know, it lists all these, these symptoms oh, this can help your body. But it also, the side effects are, oh, it can cause a rash. It can cause your nose to run. It can cause diabetes. It can cause this. And then it can cause death. And it says it so fast, and you think, wait, did he just say it could cause death? You're you're putting something in your body that could cause death? (sighs) Mm, I don't think I'll pass. But it says all these side effects. The great thing is, it says the word of God is medicine, and there are... No side effects. You can't OD on it. Listen. God wants you to know that He's given you comfort in the midst of crisis, help in the midst of hopelessness, peace in the midst of confusion, solutions in the midst of problems, wealth in the midst of poverty, stability for stumbling, victory for your battles, deliverance for your defeats, forgiveness for your faults, faith for your fears. Light for your darkness And joy for your sorrows Weeping may endure for a moment The Bible says But joy Comes in the morning To those who are looking for it To those who are looking to Him And believe that it's in them it doesn't manifest for everybody But it does manifest to those Who have their hope in Him Amen Let's pray Father we just thank you in Jesus name Thank you that you remind all of us. you reminded us. 2020, yes, it has been a rough year, but Lord, it's been a year where you've never left us, you've never forsaken us. It's been a year where joy still abides in us. And whatever we have to face in 2021, whatever we have to face in 2021, remind us of this message, that the joy of the Lord is in us. And our response is to rejoice And the God who lives in us, who is for us, and strength will arise. Out of the ashes, we will arise. I believe our nation, I believe our world will arise in Jesus' name to something greater than what we ever thought could be, what the devil meant for evil, what 2020 meant for evil. God, you will turn this thing around, and the manifestation of your miracle-working power will be seen on this planet. It'll be seen in churches that believe that the the miracles have passed away. It'll it'll happen in people's homes who are not even, that may be bitter towards you, God, but I believe you're a turn it around and the love of God to be manifested. Signs and wonders like never before. Visions and dreams. Manifestations of the goodness of God. That will cause eyes to be open. cause hardened hearts to be softened minds to be open, lives to be transformed. We believe that, Lord, that you are working, and that's our expectation. We just proclaim it. We believe it, and we're praying and standing on that, that this is what we hold on to. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.